Brought to you by the TGEM Network. The podcast you're about to listen to is just about people coming together and sharing experiences and is in no way an advice show. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast, Real Talk with Strong Minds. This show is to talk about real life struggles and mental health. I'm Amanda Lambert, a registered health and exercise practitioner with the Bachelors of Education and the founder and CEO of Strong Minds. Welcome! I'm so happy to be here. Today we are going to talk about what is mental health, the five social determinants of health, and what is mental illness and stigmas. So mental health and mental illness are increasingly being used as if they mean the same thing, but they really aren't. Everyone has mental health, just like everyone has physical health. Health is influenced by many factors, and the World Health Organization, also known as WHO, defines health as a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. The WHO also states that there is no health without mental health. So I like to break down definitions, especially when there are larger vocabulary at play. So merely means just, and infirmity means physical or mental weakness. So if we reread this definition, it states the who defines health as a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, and not just the absence of disease or physical or mental weakness. And Strong Minds believes this to a core. So I want to talk a little bit about the five social determinants of health. So determinants of health are a range of factors that influence the health status of individuals or population. At every stage of life, health is determined by complex interactions between social and economic factors, the physical environment and individual behavior. They do not exist in isolation from each other. The determinants of health impact both chronic physical conditions and mental health. So key aspects of prevention include increasing physical activity, access to nutritious foods, ensuring adequate income, and fostering social inclusion and social support. This creates opportunities to enhance protective factors and reduce risk factors related to aspects of mental health and physical health. These five categories are interconnected. Genetics and biology, so that's our makeup, health behavior, health care, physical environment, and our socioeconomic environment. So that includes our school, jobs, and social networks. Now I want to touch base about mental health versus mental illness. And this is a topic that I am so excited to talk about because it really truly bothers me when they are talked about interchangeably and they really need to be separate categories. So when we talk about mental health, we're talking about our mental well-being our emotions, our thoughts and feelings, our ability to solve problems and overcome difficulties, our social connections, and our understanding of the world around us. When we talk about mental illnesses, we are talking about health conditions involving changes in our emotions. So the way we feel, in the way that we think, in the way that we behave, or like a combination of these, and how we interact with others. A mental illness is an illness that affects the way people think, feel, behave, and interact with others. Mental illnesses are associated with distress and or problems functioning in social work or family activities, and a mental illness can be common. There are many different mental illnesses 
just like there are a lot of physical illnesses and they have different symptoms that impact people's lives in different ways. There are anxiety disorders, so this includes panic disorders, obsessive compulsive disorders and phobias, mood disorders, which include depression, bipolar disorder. There's eating disorders, which include anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, binge eating disorders, and avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. We have personality disorders and substance abuse disorders, also trauma-related disorders such as post-traumatic stress disorder and psychotic disorders, including schizophrenia. So health isn't like this on and off switch. There are different degrees of health. People move on a continuum ranging from great or good health to so-so health to poor health to illness or disability. For example, some people have good health and have no problems going about their lives. And some people experience serious health problems and their poor health has a very negative impact on their life. Some people have serious health problems that last for a long time and others have serious health problems that resolve really quickly. And many people fall somewhere in the middle. They're generally in good health, though the occasional problem may come up. And mental health is just the same way as it is with physical health. Just as someone who feels unwell may not have a serious illness, people may have poor mental health without a mental illness. We all have days where we feel a bit down or stressed out or overwhelmed by some things that, you know, are happening in our lives. And an important part of good mental health is the ability to look at problems or concerns realistically. Good mental health isn't about feeling happy and confident 110% of the time and ignoring problems. It's really about living and coping well despite problems. Just as it's possible to have poor mental health but no mental illness, it's entirely possible to have good mental health even with the diagnosis of a mental illness. That's because mental illnesses like other health problems are often episodic, meaning there are times episodes of ill health and times of better or good health. So I want to touch base about stigma. So the word stigma means when someone sees you in a negative way because of your mental illness. And stigma often comes from the lack of understanding or fear. So this is why I love doing presentations and workshops and now, you know, a podcast because I am able to educate people on this topic. Inaccurate or misleading media representations of mental illness contribute to both those factors. A review of studies on stigma actually shows that while the public may accept the medical or genetic nature of a mental health disorder and the need for treatment, many people still have a negative view of those with mental health illnesses. So I really want to share a story about, you know, stigma. Because the first time I decided to see a counselor, I was honestly so embarrassed. This was like 12, 13 years ago. And I just really remember walking into the counseling department um, and I was hoping that no one would see me go in. And it's just really interesting to see how, you know, much I've evolved over these 12 years and how much I, you know, view mental health in such a different light. In fact, you know, I look forward to when I go <laughs> see my therapist. So um, it's just really interesting to even see how much I really understand mental health and to see how far I've come in my journey. So there's two types of stigmas that I want to talk about 
briefly is public stigma and self-stigma. So public stigma involves the negative or discriminatory attitudes that others have about mental illness. So for example, people with mental illness are dangerous, incompetent, they're to blame for the disorder, or they're unpredictable. Self-stigma refers to the negative attitudes, including internalized shame that people with mental illness have about their own condition. So for example, I am dangerous, I am incompetent, or I am to blame. I want to really touch base now about the harmful effects of stigma and discrimination. So self-stigma leads to negative effects on recovery among people diagnosed with severe mental illnesses. So effects can include reduced hope, lower self-esteem, increased psychiatric symptoms, difficulties with social relationships, reduced likelihood of staying with treatment, and more difficulties at work. Some other harmful effects of stigma can include social isolation, lack of understanding by family, friends, coworkers, fewer opportunities for work, school, or social activities, trouble finding housing, bullying, um, even violence or harassment. So I really think it's like super important that more people are educated on the harmful effects of stigma. I want to touch base a little bit about the stigma in the workplace. So Employee assistant programs commonly available through employers, um, what they're supposed to do is help employees deal with a variety of concerns such as work life, stressors, issues affecting mental and emotional well-being, family issues, financial concerns, relationship problems, or legal concerns. But the interesting fact when I was doing my research is that this service often goes unused and only about three to five percent of employees actually use uh, the available EAP services according to the Center for Workplace Mental Health. So I thought that that was really interesting and mental health stigma is still a major challenge in the workplace. About half of workers were concerned about discussing mental health issues at their jobs and more than one in three were concerned about retaliation or being fired if they looked for mental health care. Only about one in five workers were completely comfortable talking about mental health issues. I do find that very concerning because now that I'm in the position that I'm in my life, I go to weekly therapy and it like is no different than going to the gym every single day. It's just something that really helps my overall health. So there's nothing really wrong with wanting to take care of your health. And it's it's a shame that people still feel ashamed for wanting to address their mental health issues. I want to talk about how we can reduce stigma of mental illnesses. So unfortunately, stigma is still going to be around. And what we can do as a society is really help reduce the stigma of mental illness. So we can talk openly about mental health, such as sharing on social media or creating a podcast. We can educate ourselves and others and, you know, really respond to mis. Uh, perceptions of negative comments by sharing facts and experiences. Be conscious of language. This is huge. We really need to remind people that words matter and that we need to really not use certain words. We can encourage equality between physical and mental illness. We can draw comparisons to how they would treat someone with cancer or diabetes. We can really be honest about treatment and normalize mental health treatment facilities just like any other healthcare treatment centers. We can let the media know when they're using inappropriate language, presenting stories of mental illness in a stigmatizing way. And we can really choose empowerment over shame. There is nothing wrong with asking for help. And it took me a long time to really figure that out. And with that 
stigmatizing views of how sometimes society can kind of portray mental illness, I was at one time really afraid to get help. And I know that it was really hard to make the steps to get better, but everyone has their like rock bottom, right? And so I really think that there is like no shame in asking for help. And when I do like workshops and presentations, I really try to tell a little bit of my story and I just really can't stress enough that it's actually a sign of strength when we ask for help. The best thing I ever did was I asked someone for help who led me to the right people to get the proper help that I needed. So, and without really making that step, I wouldn't have uh, the life I'm living now. So I just hope that we as a society can do better and really help end the stigma that is associated with mental illness. And that's, I think, why I really started Run for Change, because I was doing research and I noticed that there was no initiative there was no like movement of any sort that like uh, focused on mental health and mental illness and I just was really like that needs to change so I created um, a charity event and it's a movement to raise awareness on mental health and addictions and all of the money that we raise gets donated back to our community and the whole cause or the whole reason behind this initiative and this charity event is because the more we come together as a community and society, the more awareness will be around that and the less stigma will be will be present. So we can truly do better. There's been many studies that have found that the media and the entertainment industry play a key role in shaping public opinions about mental health and illness. People with mental health conditions are often depicted as dangerous and violent and unpredictable. And a lot of news stories really sensationalize violent acts by a person with a mental health condition and are typically featured as headline news. Well, there's really fewer articles that feature stories of recovery or positive news concerning you know, similar individuals. The entertainment industry frequently features negative images and stereotypes about mental health conditions, and these portrayals have been strongly linked to the development of fears and misunderstanding. So all in all, we can do better. And sometimes it starts with one person being that change. We really hope that this podcast can bring people together to really help end that stigma. So on that note, we hope you have enjoyed the podcast and we really hope you tune in to the next episode. Thank you.